BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Episode 178 of the Rise and Shine podcast and the featured guest this week, Darius Rucker. It is a tremendous interview with the now country music star. He's got a great new album out, Carolyn's Boy. Of course, we'll get into Hootie and the Blowfish and his amazing run with Hootie and the Blowfish. And I've been wanting to get Darius Rucker on the podcast for a long time. He's an amazing sports fan. The Dolphins make him cry. We'll get into the origin of how he became a Dolphins fan. Wait until you hear what baseball team he roots for. He is a fantasy football freak. He loves college football. It is 30 minutes of gold with Darius Rucker. It is just incredible. You guys are absolutely going to love it. And we got so much feedback on the last episode for the drafting of what was pumping us up in October as we bring in our executive producer, the great Bob Stew. And that was so much fun, Bob, because it was it was baseball, it was football, it was drafting, everything in the month of October. You're fired up about the start of the NHL season. I'm fired up about the start of the NBA season, college football, the topsy-turvy nature of the NFL. We're taping this after, you know, the Niners just lost and the Eagles just lost. And, you know, it's it's just an amazing time in, in sports. And it's an amazing time when you look at the month of October and Halloween is is on the horizon and you know we're excited about you know trick-or-treating and yeah i know you have amelia is going to be in a parade so normally i would rip people who take off for halloween or leave work early because of halloween (laughs) but amelia your daughter is going to be in a parade so you're going to make sure you're going to be there i think jack's going to be in the parade too adam i think it's both of them do we know the costumes yet i i don't which is a that's probably bad considering halloween's in about two weeks (laughs) i was thinking about the same thing because i'm like wait a minute we got to do a group costume you know we got to get it together you know i have two kids now so i can do the group you know my wife myself the kids we can do a matching costume but i actually don't know what the costume is. so you're gonna be the matching family costume people yeah i don't think we're going to take it too far but yeah like you would like to do a themed costume right that's halloween it's fun i 100 percent agree yeah and we went katie and i to a halloween party and I don't want to hear that it was too early. It's, it's October 16th. No, no, no. Because if you do it early, people get into the spirit of it. Get <laughs> they, into the spirit. But, but, so you're telling me everybody had their costumes ready. This is a, this is a very good crowd. Let me the tell you something. The deadline was early for Let the Let me costume. tell you something. It was you know, close friends of ours, and they they this is like a religion. <laughs> and everyone, yeah. we, and we were into it. 
And I would say we knew about half, or I knew. Katie knows everybody. Of course. I I knew half the people there. Maybe good. even a little less than half, Time. right? Yeah. And and I I couldn't believe the intensity. And the amazing <laughs> level of these costumes. Mm. I mean, you had Home Alone. Wow. You had Scooby-Doo. That's great. You, you realize, you know, where you are in pop culture based upon of course. what you recognize, who you recognize. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Baywatch was a pretty popular <laughs> one. It was an incredible party. Great time. Yeah. Of course, it's on a Saturday, so I'm literally the one sober person. <laughs> this is a normal thing at Halloween parties because- you know, I got to wake up the next morning so yeah. I could stay, have one drink, and that's it. I go to bed early. So Katie and I did it. We decided to go as Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. <laughs> and I was so oh, no. pleased with the execution. I'll oh, put a goodness. picture on, on Instagram. Please. Bob, we crushed it. Really? Absolutely crushed it. I had a Kelsey jersey, yeah. shoulder pads, <laughs> football pants. Yeah. I had my red uh, Jordans. <laughs> I, I, I had the mustache. You had the mustache. We we decided Thanks. instead you of- had to have We the drew the mustache you on. drew it, okay. Because yeah. it's, it's not one of those thick, like, Raleigh Fingers no. mustaches. It's, yeah, it's, we it's drew pretty, it on. It's slim. Drew yeah. it on. Slim mustache, little goatee, look great. I uh, didn't have the glasses on for effect. <laughs> Katie had the wig, yeah. had the exact outfit for the Jets game. Yeah, so, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. So this is the key to a great Halloween costume. You don't have to tell anybody what you are. Bingo. So let me ask you something. Did everybody at the party know what your what your costumes were? Everybody knew. Well, there you go. Uh, last year we went as uh, people from Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, see, that's a I was creative. Yeah, I like that. That no, was smart. Nobody knew. Yeah, see, that's nobody tough. knew. Wow, nobody knew, and it was great, huh. and we loved the show, and it was yeah. fantastic, and. Uh, Katie was Bloody Mabel, which was Tough. awesome. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I've learned that. Yeah. It's not about how you feel. Mm -mm. It's what everybody else is thinking about the costume. It's the public perception of the costume, right? That's and right. That's, that's the key. If you have to describe it, you failed. You failed as a costumer. I'm sorry. but So that's great. That's a 10 out of 10 then. You, I didn't think you could pull it off, to be honest. I didn't think you could be Travis Kelsey. So I give you a lot of credit. You must have done a great job of it. I, I will show you a picture <laughs> of it, and I'll put it on Instagram. But I, I was really, really fired up with the way that we executed it. And listen, if I'm if I'm wearing football pants, I mean, that's pretty good. Here, I'm going to live show you. <laughs> yeah, show how, me How do we do? How do we do on that? That's not bad, Adam. That's not bad. You actually look more like Travis than I ever thought you, you could. Come on. I, mean, I said it Bob, was like you had no chance. Bob, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's I give, I give you credit. I can tell. I can tell what you were doing. So that's a good job out of you. Again, I thought it was just not possible. The worst idea I, ever. I said there's just no way. I it's, told Bob we were going as Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Katie could do, you know, get the wig. You get the outfit, the yeah. red cardigan ready to go. It. I could say it. Me, mm. Travis Kelsey. No. I pulled it off, though. You did. I pulled it off. I wow. pulled it off. I'm excited for Halloween. I just mm. wish that Halloween was on a weekend. <laughs> when I become commissioner of Halloween, Tuesday Halloween, I mean, kids get stomach aches. I, I don't need that. I'm not one of those like you leaving work early. No. By the way, it's also on the NFL trade deadline, so I can't tape time to shine <laughs> super early because yeah. – I don't want to miss news, mm -hmm. but in our neighborhood, Halloween is like it's religion. Yeah, it's, sure. it's everything. Everyone, yeah. you know, everyone's you know dressed up. You got people that got wagons with drinks in them. Uh, the kids are going nuts. <laughs> also, for me, when it comes to Halloween candy, Reese's peanut butter cups are always number one. Yeah. 
Re, uh, number one, Maya has a peanut allergy. Yeah. So all I'm going to do is eat Reese's all night long. I get it, Adam. You know, the evolution of Halloween as a human to me is also very interesting, right? You're young, it's awesome. You become a teenager, you hate it. You yep. get old and go to college, you love it. You become a parent, it gets like you love it all over again. So it's pretty cool. The evolution of Halloween is pretty cool. And I would even throw in my 20s, I could care less. Yeah. So it goes from loving to hating to loving to I just don't care. <laughs> To I'm all in now on Halloween. So I'm going to Halloween parties in the middle of October. (laughs) (laughs) Darius Rucker, featured guest on the Rise and Shine podcast, and he joins us next. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. NFL fans, right now on the SXM app, hear in-depth coverage of your team with the Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. It's all the analysis, all the breakdowns that matter to you, hosted by the players who played for your team and the fans who eat, sleep, and breathe it. 32 diehard fan bases, 32 podcasts. The Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. B-L-E-A-V. Search Believe in, followed by your team on the SXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The featured guest this week on the Rise and Shine podcast, one of my all-time favorite artists and musicians, Darius Rucker, who is a superb, not only artist, but sports fan. (laughs) We're going to dive deep into his sports fandom. Darius, welcome to the Rise and Shine podcast. Adam Shine, great to see you again. Thanks for having me, Adam. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. And listen, Carolyn's Boy, your new album, is unbelievable. Thank you very much for saying that, man. It is incredible. Do you have a favorite song? On the album? Uh, probably the song that sticks out for me is uh, Never Been Over. I just think that's a, that's an amazing song. I love that song. Tell me why. Uh, it was one of those songs that started out one way and turned into something else. Like I, It started out as a, I thought as a, as a, 
affirmation song and it turned out to be a breakup song, which was when that happens, it's amazing to me. But uh, I just I love my vocal performance and I love the words, and it's probably the most honest song on the record. Why the most honest? Uh, you know that one was written about certain things in life. You know, so much stuff has happened in the last six years. Yeah, and writing this record was we wrote a lot of personal stuff, and that one's probably the most personal. Do you know when you write it? Or record it. What ultimately is going to be your favorite? How do you? You have to listen back to it. Do you know instantly? No, not until it's all done and you're listening to it at the same time, and then something sticks out. That's the only way, you know. Let me tell you my personal favorite. Okay. And I loved it all. Sarah, love that song. Sarah, I love a, that song. I want to be a, a single. It's <laughs> a great. It is a tremendous song. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that with Ed Sheeran, man, and uh, he. He wanted to write a song about my fifth grade girlfriend, and that's what Sarah's about. I mean, yeah. I, I knew it was true. So that's a fifth grade my girlfriend? My fifth grade girlfriend. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen her in 47 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote a song about her. I mean, I don't know. You know, Assuming she's still with us, you can think we'll hear from Sarah again? I'm waiting to hear from her now. The record's out. Yeah, I'm waiting to hear like uh, on social media or something. I'm sure she'll reach out. And the dad was not into you and Sarah in he the didn't fifth like, grade? He didn't like, you know, who would be into me with their daughter in the fifth grade? <laughs> <laughs> I was obsessed with this song. What was it like doing a collab with Ed Sheeran? He's such a songwriter. I actually flew to England to write with him, and he's such a songwriter. Like he's one of the best songs I've ever been in a room with, and he's such a great dude. You know, it, it was it was it was an experience. It was it was a learning lesson to write with Ed. He's he's an amazing dude. Carolyn's boy. Yes. Take us through why you decided to name your album Carolyn's Boy. Oh man, we were we it, you know it's been a tough six years with the pandemic and kids leaving the house and all that stuff and we were in the studio making the first day in the studio and I was just not in a good mood. I wasn't in a bit good place. I was in a bad mental health place, and I wasn't loving life and it just wasn't cool. And I sat down after we I think they did the third song. I sat down and I, and I said to myself, you know, well at the end of the day I'm just my mama's boy. Mm. And it made me feel better, and the session started going better. And right then, I just decided I was going to name it Carolyn's Boy. Wow! And from everything that I've heard and read, she never got to really appreciate because she passed away and see your incredible success as a performer. Yeah, she passed away in '92 and never got to see really, you know, any of the big. But she saw the clubs and how we, you know, and that I was making a living doing that. But she never really got to see me play the, you know, arenas or win Grammys or any of that stuff. What do you think she would say about your incredible career and success? Oh, she'd be so proud. You know, she'd be bragging to everybody that would listen to her <laughs> and that, living in that big house she would have. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. She, she'd be real proud. How would you describe her as a mom, as a role model, and as a person, everything she did for you? Well, as a mom, she was great. She, she worked her butt off and believed in us no matter what. Like, she believed in me before I believed in myself that I could do this and I could be here. And she was always my biggest supporter. You know, as a person, she was the nicest, funniest person you'll ever meet. You know, always having a great time, always with a smile on her face, trying to make somebody's day better. You know, and, and she's just, she's one of those people that, she's just a great human being. Like, everything I am is because of her. How did she encourage you to get into this? All, well, ever since I was four or five, we all we talked about was I was going to sing someday. Wow. She would say it. She would say it. I would say it. You know, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be Al Green someday, you know. And, and she just believed in it. And she was my biggest supporter. Like, you know, I grew up in this all-black neighborhood, you know, listening to Buck Owens and, and, you know, the Rolling Stones and the Cars. 
And she was my biggest supporter. No one could tell me I couldn't listen to that stuff. She was always the one telling them to leave me alone and let me listen to what I wanted to listen to. And so uh, that, that went a long way for me growing up. Without question. And that really shaped your career in Absolutely. so many different ways. Do you think that helped in a lot of ways, consciously, subconsciously? Because obviously you have Hootie and the Blowfish and now Country. I mean, that's a huge genre shift. I mean, how did you make that shift and that transition that it's almost unprecedented in a lot of ways? Yeah, you know, I wanted to, I've been talking about making a country record since like 89. And, and finally, when Hootie decided not to play, I decided to go to Nashville. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't think I would have any success. You know, there wasn't anybody that looked like me on country radio. Yeah. And, and it seemed like they were actively keeping people like me off of country radio. And, and so I didn't know if I'd have any success, but I just wanted to make a country record. I wanted to sound like Randy Foster and do it and so I just did it I didn't care about you know all the naysayers and all the people that were telling me it was never going to work and all the people that were telling me that you know their audience would never accept a black country singer you know I didn't listen to any of that I just wanted to make my record how did you navigate that as someone who wanted to be a black country singer I had tough skin yeah you know I guess I you have to right yeah and I believe in myself and, and and after we made the record I believed in the record so much I thought we had a hit record and and so I just went out and I did the radio tour and I talked to people and, you know, at the end it all worked out. How did Hootie and the Blowfish come together? Well, goodness, uh, I was a sophomore in college and we had the, uh, you know, college dorms now are like, you know, they got these three bedroom suites and you all get your own room <laughs> and you got your own bathroom. Back in Totally my, different. You know, my day it was a prison. You know, you two people in a room sleeping about six feet from each other. Oh, yeah. And we, we had the prison showers with no stalls, just a whole bunch of shower heads. And so one day, it was, it was about 9 o'clock in the morning. I'll never forget this. About 9 o'clock in the morning, I think everybody's in class. So I go to take a shower. And I just I was in a good mood. I just started singing Barry Manilow. Uh, I, I mean, uh, Billy Joel. I started singing Honesty, Billy Joel's Honesty. And I'm singing it to the top of my lungs, so I think everybody's in class. I think no one's on the hall. I'm singing it to the top of my lungs. And I walk out of the shower after I'm done, and uh, Mark Bryan, who who's guitar player in Hootie was standing there and he was like was that you I was like yeah that was me he's like man and we talked for a second he said I play guitar let's see if we could let's get together see if we know any of the same songs and that night we got together and we knew a bunch of the same songs wow and that night the band started so I've heard this story but I wanted you to tell it so you need to just elaborate on this because it's the craziest thing ever so Hootie and the Blowfish really came together because of you singing in the shower in college yes Yes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That is one of the all-time great stories. You're belting out Billy Joel yeah. in the dorms mm -hmm. at the shower in South Carolina. Yep. And that's how Hootie and the Blowfish and that's how starts. we start. My yeah. goodness. And Hootie and the Blowfish had an unbelievable run. I mean, did. I was obsessed. Did you have a favorite song for Hootie and the Blowfish? I still think Let Her Cry is our best song. That's so cool. That song is just classic. And it holds up. Yeah, I, I think it should be in the Library of Congress. That song is just great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's incredible. Do you still keep in touch with everybody? Oh, all the time. We we st we we still play two or three shows a year, the charity shows that we do every year, and uh, we still talk all the time. We're good friends. That's awesome. Now, yeah. obviously, and I love the fact that you're wearing a a Dolphins jacket. I mean, it's through incredible. And through. through and through. I mean, you know, I'm such a baby because the Dolphins, Dolphins make, make me, me cry. cry. Yep. So, how did someone who grew up in Charleston, South Carolina? become such an amazing fan of the Miami Dolphins. Oh, that's another great story. I'm five years old. I'll never forget this. I'm five years old, and my mom had two sisters, and it was 14 kids up between them. And it was Super Bowl Sunday, and my mom's sisters and every kid, was everybody was at the house. We're having a little party for the Super Bowl. And I go around, and uh, I start asking everybody who they're pulling for, and everybody says the Cowboys. Everybody <laughs> says the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys against the Dolphins in the Super Bowl, 70. 
72, 71, the 72 Super Bowl. And uh, so I decided that day, right then I'm pulling for the Dolphins. And the Super Bowl goes on and the Dolphins lose and I cry when they lose. You know, I cry at the end of the game. And then the next year I started playing Pop Warner football and the Dolphins went undefeated. Wow. So it was easy to be a fan. Yeah. So you're watching the Super Bowl. Everyone's rooting for the Cowboys. Yep. You say, screw that. I'm, I'm going to root for the Dolphins. Yep. You become a Dolphins fan for life. Yep. You literally cry. Cried. And you are just bawling. When they lost. And yeah. then they win the Super Bowl the next year. The next year. year. Go undefeated. And win the next two Super Bowls. <laughs> that yeah. is an unbelievable story. Oh, I yeah. always love that, how someone becomes a fan of a certain team. And you're at a Super Bowl party. Everyone's rooting for Dallas. So after that, what was the next example of how the Dolphins made you cry? Was there a certain game, a certain yeah, because there were so many moments, you know, you think with Marino, it's obvious you're gonna win one. Yep. You know, all the quarterbacks in between, heartbreak. Was there what outside of that first game that made you a Dolphins fan, what was your worst moment as a fan of the Miami? Oh Dolphins? goodness. The worst oh, losing to the 49ers in yeah. the Super Bowl. After Dan's rookie, his second, his second year in the league, he sets all his records, and I think we're going to win the Super Bowl. And that loss broke my heart. Mm. And but I cried if they lost to to the Jets in the preseason. I cried, <laughs> I cried back then. So, you know, I, if they lost at all, it was it was it was a it was something that just tore me apart back then. So uh, yeah, but then when we went one of fifteen, that changed. I stopped crying after that. Because <laughs> you be yeah. crying all the time. Exactly. But exactly. One in fifteen Dolphins. That my sucked. goodness, that was bad. That sucked. That was bad. That was as bad as it gets. That was bad. Woo. Dan Marino. Yes. I mean. I, whenever we talk about greatest of all time, and I get it, I, and Dan and I have a great relationship, work with him at CBS, I'm never going to walk, I always say, I'm never going to be the guy who walks up to Dan Marino and says, nice career with rings. I mean, yeah. if you watch Dan Marino, you know how amazing he was at the quarterback position. What made you such an incredible Dan Marino fan? Oh, because he was the best player in the league. Like, he, his second year when he when he took over for Don Strzok, he just went crazy. It was rookie season, and right there, I loved him. And... You know, just watching him play, he he was, I say this, and Joe Montana said it the other day, everybody talks about Brady, he had a six rings, yeah, he had a great, he's a great quarterback, six rings. If Dan Marino had won one Super Bowl ring, we wouldn't even be discussing who the greatest quarterback ever was. It, it, everybody in the world would say it was Dan Marino. People who didn't see him play don't realize. They have no idea how great he was. So, Darius, put it to us in this context. If Dan Marino was playing today, what kind of numbers? Would six thousand yards. Six thousand. He put up six thousand yards. With I mean, with no hesitation, six thousand yards. People don't realize like when he played, you could basically ride the receiver all the way down the field. Yeah, you could hit the quarterback anywhere. You you could do anything with the way the rules are today. Dan Marino with over six thousand yards. I don't think there's any question about it. Now, before we get into the present day Dolphins, I always love asking Dolphins fans this, and I apologize in advance because you had so many quarterbacks between Dan Marino and Tua. I mean, we could talk Jay Fiedler. We could we talk, talk about a lot of Ray people. Lucas, Cleo <laughs> Lemon, oh, Chad Pennington. Oh, my goodness. Who was the one guy? You're like, that's going to be the guy. Who was the one guy where you said, we've got that guy? And it turned out to be just not so much for the Miami Dolphins. And I think it was because he was on that team that should have won the Super Bowl. When Dan blew out his Achilles and Scott was Scott Mitchell. Mitchell, Scott yeah. Mitchell came in, I thought we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I always say that Dan blowing out his Achilles made Scott Mitchell a lot of money. Yes, it did. Because that team was ready to win the Super Bowl with Dan. 
and they went 11 and 5 and Scott went to Detroit next year got the big contract. Never heard from him again. Never heard from him again, but uh that was the guy I thought, okay, we're going to win the Super Bowl no matter what and we did. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. just crazy. Right. Mitchell made a lot of money off that. How you feeling about Tua Tagovailoa and the Dolphins now? If you say Celtic we're going to win the Super Bowl. I truly believe that. I, I look at the team and especially the offense. I mean, the defense, I like our defense, you know, they embarrass us against the Bills. But uh, watching the offense, I think if if he stays healthy, we will be playing in the Super Bowl. Wow. So is that confidence in Tua, the way he slings it, the way he leads, Tyreek Hill, Mike McDaniel, all the above? Oh, all the above. I mean, I love Mike McDaniel. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Tyreek speaks for himself. Waddle, well, you know, A-Chain, all the guys, they speak for himself. I think for us, the key is for Tua to stay healthy. If he's healthy, I mean, Dolphins could beat anybody. We could, we've got more yards than any other team in the first five weeks of the season ever. So that tells you what our offense it's is. It's the feeling of the greatest show on turf. Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. So if the Dolphins win the Super Bowl this year, will you cry? I will cry, and I promise you I will be unbearable for 364 days. <laughs> I will be – all my friends will hate me because I'm going to call them up just go, hey, did you see the Super Bowl? <laughs> I mean, every week you're going to get a goal for it. I will be unbearable for 364 days. So, on the flip side, when the Dolphins have a heartbreaking loss or someone gets hurt or through the years, whatever it's been, how much do your friends in the industry just love busting your chops? I get crushed. Like the Bills game, everybody I know texted me. And I'm like, yo, one texted me last week when we were killing people. <laughs> You know, Score oh, yeah. seventy on Denver. No exactly. one's no one going. Anybody. That was great. No, it, it, they, yeah, they. Cr- I get crushed a lot when the Dolphins lose them, and especially when like when we get knocked out of playoffs and stuff. I just get destroyed. But I, I deserve it because that's all I talk about. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, they literally did make you cry and still do make yes, you cry. They still do. So, in doing my research, the Reds. How did you grow up as a Cincinnati Reds fan? Basically, the same as as, as the football. You know, in, in like 73, 74, I started playing organized baseball, and the Reds were the team. They were great. They were the big red machine, you know? Amazing. I always have to remind Boston Red Sox fans that uh, about 75, they always, you know, the, the, Fisk, the Fisk home run, I always have to remind them that you know the Reds won game seven. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I've been a, I'm a huge, huge Reds fan. I love them. Uh, you go back to the big red machine. Yeah. I mean, that team was loaded. Loaded, dude. All-stars, Loaded. fun to watch. Did you have a favorite player on the Big Red Machine? Dave Concepcion, still oh, my favorite Red stop, of all time. Yeah. yeah, my favorite Red of all time. He, I mean, he had a great glove. Oh, he was, just incredible. He was just a great player, you know, batting second in the lineup, making things happen, loving it. Did you have a bit of a renaissance with the Reds fandom this year with Ellie De La Cruz and Joey Votto? I did. I, I, I really, I, you know, it's tough when you're a mid-market fan because usually by the first month you're 10 games out and it's over. You know, and to watch the Reds this year and to get eliminated, game one sixty one was so annoying. was so much fun. It hurt, but it was so much fun to still be watching baseball. At that How point. great is Ellie De La Cruz for the sport? He's great for the sport, and as a Reds fan, it's the kind of things that that hurts you because you know he's great. You know he's going to be a great player. You also know that in three years he's not going to be a Red. Yeah, you know, some it Yankee, sucks. Dodger, Cub. He's going to be playing for somebody else. Now, you obviously, we always think of Charleston. That's where you were born. And you're living in, you know, Nashville. You're just in the Music City Walk of Fame. And congratulations on that. Thank you. Can we get a Major League Baseball team in Nashville? You know, I'm part of the ownership team uh, in Nashville for the Nashville Stars. And I think when you really look at the country, that's the only place that makes sense. 
you know, when they expand. I mean, Nashville, they've proven it with soccer. They've proven it with hockey. You know, they've proven it with football, that they come out and they support, and it's great. And so I think Nashville's the no-brainer for, for expansion. I think Na- Nashville's an amazing city. I do too. As a city in general, music, obviously, sports, entertainment, the vibe, the pageantry, yep. everything you want, the history, it's it's tremendous. How would baseball do, you think, in Nashville? I think they would – their their attendance would be one of the highest in in in, in baseball. I, I, I – Nashville people have shown that they're just ready to support major sports when they come to, to come to town, and I think they would be amazing there. It would be incredible. Yeah, it would be incredible. South Carolina football? Yeah, I thought we were going to win the national championship this year. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. I think we're going to win the national championship every year. But uh, I, st- I love them. They're my squad big time. I love them, and I love what we're doing there, and I love what Coach Beamer's doing. Well, that was the follow because I love Coach Beamer, and I, I think the world to him. And they finally have the right guy at the they, right yes. time. What makes Coach Beamer, in your opinion, that guy for your alma mater? The great thing that that we have that we have with Coach Beamer is South Carolina. I think a lot of people look at it as a as a pass through job. You know, go South Carolina win a f- couple games, then we'll get an, a better job. Coach Beamer doesn't see it that way. He wants he believes he can win at South Carolina. He wants to win at South Carolina. He wants to be there, and we love that. He's a great recruiter. You know, if we could get some of those big guys weighing over. 320 to block people, we we could be pretty amazing. Have they hit you up for NIL yet? I mean, what? Dude, always. Always, I'm right? They, <laughs> they, they know I'm in. <laughs> and I want that on the record. They You're know, in for NIL for South they, Carolina. They know I'm in. Oh, tell man. me where you want Tell me who needs it. Where do I sign? Do you like that? Because I know you're a, a, and look, I'm a Syracuse guy. South Carolina, I feel like, is you know above Syracuse in that regard, but still in that vein where Certain schools, you know they're going to be on top. Certain yep. schools are just going to be in the middle. Do you like this landscape where it is right now in college football? Uh, I don't know if I, I – I can't say I like it. You know, college football is becoming more the land of the have and have-nots, like yeah. baseball. You know, that that's sad. But uh, it, yeah, when you when you see all these big donors at Alabama and Georgia forking over these crazy amounts of money for nil and everything, it's hard to compete with that. But, you know – at our at my school, we just want to win once. We're not trying to be a dynasty. We just want to win once, man. You know that. If, uh, trust me, talk about unbearable for three. If we were to win an national championship, I might just come here and take over Sirius XM. I'm going <laughs> to do a podcast every day about how we're the national champions. <laughs> or would you be more unbearable with South Carolina football or Miami Dolphins? Oh, South Carolina football. Not even yeah. close. No, because because the Dolphins, we've already won a couple. You know, even though it was 50 years ago, I remember them. You know, would get, if we were to win one with South Carolina, it'd be totally, it'd be a lot more unbearable. What is it like for you as a diehard sports fan and as a musician and an artist and a performer singing the national anthem at a big time sporting? Nothing event? like it. I've gotten to do. I had a feeling you were going to say. I've that. gotten to do the NBA championship. I've gotten to do the World Series. I, I've gotten to do. You know, I went over to England and sang it at one of the football games over there. Wow. You know, it, it, when you get to do that, you know, because I'm I'm a, I'm an American man uh, through and through, and when you get to do that, the feeling you have and the warmth you have and the and you just feel like you're getting to do something really special. 1995 Game One World Series, Cleveland and Atlanta. You're singing the national anthem. Yeah. I I remember that. That I mean, look at the smile on that. That was a great day. I mean, describe. That. I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. Describe that for oh, us. Oh, I'm. You know, they called me and asked me to sing the national anthem, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me! And you're standing out there, and you're at the World Series. 
you know, this is the championship. And you're at the World Series and you're singing the national anthem and it's packed and Cal Ripken's sitting right there. And, you know, it was just one of those things that I, I'll never forget that day. That was a great day to get to do that. Do you get nervous? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. You know, have you, have you heard the Carl Lewis national anthem? Oh. That, can, <laughs> that can happen if you start it too high. <laughs> and so if you watch me before I sing the national anthem, I'm very I'm concentrating and I'm just going, oh, oh, because if I start up, oh, if I start up there, when I get to the high note, it's over. So there's an art to it. You gotta go low first. I got you gotta start low, because when you get to that high note, you you know, you don't wanna you don't wanna be Carl Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last person you want to be is Carl Lewis doing that national yeah, anthem. Absolutely, you don't want that. Oh my goodness. Are are you playing fantasy football this year? I'm in seven leagues. I well, and I love listening to you. I didn't realize seven. I mean, you're even more of a sick freak when it comes yeah, to fantasy I than I am. I got Paris. problems, dude. How do you do seven leagues and root for the Dolphins? The hardest part of seven leagues is every game <laughs> you're pulling for somebody who you're playing against. Every game, because, you know, you got him in one league before you, and in another league he's playing playing for somebody else, and that's the toughest part. But I love it, man. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, you just you got to be on that computer getting everything ready. Are you that guy? Are you scouring the waiver wire? Oh, goodness, yeah. Oh, I want to yeah. win. win. But I was in seven leagues last year and didn't make the playoffs in one, and that's mathematically impossible. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Back that up for a second. I did not make the playoffs in one. You did seven fantasy football leagues. And did not make the playoffs. And didn't make the playoffs in any. And not one. What the hell happened? I, I was, it was a bad season. Injuries? Injuries, a lot of injuries, yeah. My goodness! You know, I, I seem to have McCaffrey all the time when he gets injured. I, I was, you know, but yeah, yeah, it was it was a tough year last. Is it year. all season long as opposed to daily? You're just doing the regular season yep, long league. Regular season, yeah. So who do you do it with? Do you do with other artists, musicians? I have one in Nashville with a bunch of artists and, and musicians. I got uh, the Hootie League that we we still have, we've had our league for all, almost 25 years now. I mean, that's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, I got a league with my band and in, in my country band. And I got uh, another league with my buddies in Charleston and a couple leagues out west with some friends. So it, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, I you it. are a sick freak when it comes to fantasy. I, there's two times a year for me, man. There's football season and waiting for football, football season. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. I mean, I can't get enough of this. Do you do every draft live? Yes. You have to, right? I've done every draft live. So yeah. you schedule seven different fantasy football drafts. So hard. So hard, and the thing that's really hard is I like, can't schedule one fantasy football draft. You know what? I, like I had five. You know, you, when you got young kids and everything, and you're trying to explain to your wife. Yeah, I gotta. I'm just going. I'm going to Vegas for the night. I'll be back tomorrow. I gotta go to my fantasy draft. That doesn't go over very well. <laughs> <laughs> I made it right. I should probably, you know, lead with that. You're Darius Rucker. You're going somewhere cool for a fantasy draft. Yes, yes. You're going to Vegas. You're in LA. Nashville, you're in LA. Nashville. Yeah, you're absolutely. in Charleston. Yep. That's where you're going. What is a fantasy football draft like with Darius? Rocker. Oh, it's fun! It's a party. My favorite, my favorite draft is uh, the Nashville League draft. And if you, because if you lose, if you come in last place, you have to pay for it all. Oh, it's amazing! And we we go to halls, we go to halls in uh, in Nashville, and I think this year the bill was like I don't know, like seven thousand dollars or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Jimmy, it was Jimmy Westbrook from Little Big Town who came in last, and we were just crushing him. It was yeah, it was I'll really good. I'll have more to drink. I'll yeah, have and, more oh to yeah, eat. you know, getting the most expensive bottle of wine just because you can. It's on Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy's buying. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. who, did you have a sleeper pick going into this year? Eighteen. Oh wow. Yeah, he was my sleeper pick, and I got him in a couple leagues. And now, of course, now he's hurt. But now he's he hurt. Put, he put up numbers for a minute there. But you're not. Are you going to make the? Are you in route to making the playoffs now? Oh yeah, I'm doing well in all the leagues right now. Right now, if the, it ends, I'd be in the playoffs in every league. Could you name all seven of your quarterbacks in all seven of your leagues? Yes, I want to hear it. Well, in three leagues, believe it or not, I got Mahomes and Tua. 
in Premier League. I got I had Aaron Rodgers in one. Now I now I'm going with uh the guy from the Steelers. I have to start Kenny the guy Pickett. from Pickett. I got him and Dak Prescott. And in the other league, I got uh Matthew Stafford and Je- and Jared Goff, who are actually putting up numbers. Absolutely. Which is good. And in the last league, I got uh who's my quarterback in that league? Oh, goodness. I can't, I can't right believe now. you hit six. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. I mean, I don't remember what I had for lunch. <laughs> that's, it's unbelievable. And I live for fantasy. I live for the NFL. That's just incredible. Well, it's easy when you got the two quarterbacks in three leagues. You know? And I, the funny thing is that's a hard decision every week. Who are you going to start, to or, or, or Mahomes? Oh, I want to take all. See, a hard that decision. would stress me out like no other. Yeah. yeah that, I just want one star. I know I'm going to start him every single week. I mean, I remember it was one year I had, you know, it was Jared Gaff, Matt Ryan, like a few yeah. years ago. Every week, who do I start? And I, every week I would start the wrong guy. Yes. That that would drive me nuts in terms of fantasy line. Oh, dude, this is how bad it can be for me. George Kittle, I got him in, in, in one league, and he's he's stinking up. He got zero one league. So last year, I'm like, okay, I'm playing Hawkinson, and I play Hawkinson, and he and George Kittle does what he did. Last oh week. no, three touchdowns. You yeah. missed the three yeah, touchdowns. I, I, I George Kittle. To, I wanted to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching that game on Monday night going, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Do you have a message to George Kittle? George, keep it up because I'm starting you this week. <laughs> <laughs> it, what is your uh, – no NFL, obviously, seven leagues, Miami Dolphins. Is college football your number one? How would you rank your sports? No, NFL's number one. College NFL number second. one. Yeah. yeah. What about golf? I know you're a big golf guy. Golf is three. Golf's three, the NBA's four. Uh, golf is three, probably college basketball and NBA tied at four, just because, and women's basketball, college women's basketball is huge for me. It's fantastic. It's, I, I can't get to enough games. I can't, I mean, when you have a dynasty like we have in South Carolina, you know, you learn to love it. I mean, it is a great sport. Yeah. South Carolina women's basketball is sensational. Yeah, absolutely. Without question. Absolutely. Well-coached team, a lot of fun. They have a lot of great players. Love Don. She's a good friend and a great coach. And uh, they got to, you know, we, we, we're just, stock, we're restocking in South Carolina. I love it. What makes Dawn so great? I'm kind of mesmerized by how she goes about her business. Recruiting. Recruiting. I, I saw her the other day. We were at the football game the other day, and, we were, and I told her like, "You're not even recruiting anymore. You just ask it. You're like, you want to come? If you don't, if you don't, I'm good. This, if number, if number two doesn't come, number one's already coming. So it's up to you. And I love it. And she and her, what she does. Th- those girls believe in themselves so much on the court. You know, like no Asia, Asia, and, and all the all the great players that have gone through South Carolina, and they just believe in her so much. ESPN College Game Day, I think, is the best, you know, and a college football show on oh, the yeah. planet. It's just incredible. Agreed. You've been there. You've done that show. You've done a lot of things for it. What's that ambiance like when you're up there, you're making picks, you're performing? Because that show is always must-see TV. That show's a party. Yeah. Like, like once you st- those kids are out there having so much fun. And they're and you know and the guys up on the stage are doing the, they're having so much fun and and I love going there and uh, the biggest the last when I went earlier in the season I got to pick the big picks and it was so funny because you know I hate Clemson you know I'm a South Carolina guy and, and so I'm, the producer comes in the back and I'm sitting next to my 18 year old son and he's a big game cock supporter and so they were like this is your these are your picks and I was like yeah and so I look at him and I pick Clemson and, and he was and Clemson over Duke and my son was like that. You really gonna pick Clemson? I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and he said to me, "You gonna go with your heart or your head?" And I said to her, "I'm picking Duke." And Duke went and won the game. And that? I looked like a genius. I was, all, I was so happy. I, it was awesome. And you uh, just did it because you hate Clemson. Yeah, I did it because I hate Clemson. Exactly. Oh, that's amazing. It was great. How about NBA? Do you have an NBA team? I, I'm a Mavericks fan, big time. Love the Mavericks. Mavericks Love the fan. Mavericks. How'd Love you them. become a Mavericks fan? Oh, this fan. is a great story. Uh, I was a Sixer fan growing up. The Dr. J Sixers. I, I loved them. And I then, get it. Then the Hornets came to town. And so, you know, they're right up the road, so I switched my allegiance. There was a Hornets guy, and they leave town. 
and I'm mad. They leave town, you know, but they, then they come back. I'm like, okay, I'm still with the Hornets. They leave town again, and I'm mad. I'm like, never again. I'll never be a Hornets fan again. And they came back, and I was like, I forget you guys. And right around the time they left, I got a call from a friend, and we were going to be in Chicago. He's like, let's go to dinner tonight with a buddy. I was like, all right, so we go to dinner, and we're at dinner with Mark Cuban. Wow. And we're sitting at dinner with Mark Cuban, and it's, you know, and I love him and everything. And, I, and Dirk, I loved Dirk at the point. And I was like, all right, the Mavericks are new, my, my new club. And that was got 24 years ago now. And now I just love the Mavs. I think they're great. Uh, Darius, I got to tell you, this this was just incredible. Thank I'm you. such a fan of your work, Thank and you. I love Tootie and the Blowfish, and I love what you've been doing on the country music circuit. And Carolyn's Boy, it's special. It is a Thank special, special that, album, Thank and you. I love chopping it up and talking football with you and talking sports with you. Great talking to you, man. Thank Darius you. Rucker, featured guest on the Rise and Shine podcast. Rise and Shine is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, please give a five-star rating, leave a review, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Sirius XM Podcasts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.